Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here to talk about everything about it. Yeah, this week we did episodes five through eight of the K-drama Just Between Lovers. I'm so glad that you have to do the name. This whole, all my notes say, touch your heart. And then I had to cross it out and say, just between lovers. I did almost just say, touch your heart. I really did. <gasps> Why? Why do we say think that? that? I don't know. Something about lovers and hearts. and Three small words. Yeah, things are really starting to blend together at this point. But not in like a storyline way, just in a title of the entire show kind of way. We should do a fascinating bonus episode where we deep dive into titles. But not today, oh. y'all. Today, yeah. it's just between lovers. We have a purpose. We're here to talk about the man that Raquel loves and how, <laughs> yeah, he does have flaws, but they're really relatable flaws. Okay, I loved him until episode eight. We're just gonna, we're gonna start at the end, the very end. We're gonna talk about cliffhangers <laughs> first, because I need a minute. So I absolutely 100% completely fully from the bottom of my heart agree with you except because I know what you're going to say Mm -hmm. and I do want to say I doubt it is exactly what it seems because it so very rarely is this show is very good at pulling the rug out from under you setting something up and then I don't know not disappointing you I guess we left off we talked last week about the cliffhanger for episode four is so intense. They've got the rain, and he's starting to go crazy, and Moonsoo shows up, and you think they make eye contact, and something bad is about to happen. And I told you that I couldn't resist the first time I watched. I had to watch episode five. And the end of that scene, the resolution, is not the craziest thing. It's exciting, but it's not that exciting. No, no one, like, gets buried under a foot of earth yeah he just kind of freaks out and obviously there's a lot of intensity in that scene but it's not as crazy as a lot of k-dramas go for yeah the intensity is in the emotions that he experiences i think more than it is in the actual events that take place totally so i agree with you probably Everything is not as it seems with the cliffhanger on episode eight. But hear me out. Okay. Hear me, hear me. <laughs> episode five ends with uh, Moonsu has a nightmare about her first love, Chaesung Jae, who turns out to be the ghost that's haunting Yi Gong Du. He is the one that Yi Gong Du left behind or feels he let die in the aftermath of the accident. Wow. The intensity, the heartbreak, the revelation. Then we've got episode six. The ending is they sleep on the same bench together. 
She kisses him. They're drunk. They wake up, and he holds out his hand and says, like, let's go home. Episode 7 is the panic attack on the stairs when he hugs her and says, if you're okay, then I'll be okay. And then we've got episode (laughs) 8. Y'all, these episodes are getting longer and longer, and I'm not going to be here for it if we're just going to end up with your boy, Juwan, making his move on Minsu when he sees a crack in her relationship with Gongdu, being like, this is my chance. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. No, no, take over. I'm on a rant right now. Let me see if I can de-escalate this situation, but also with the absolute knowledge that I was biased going into this. They set up <laughs> they set up my love for Juwan so early. Okay. And now like I don't it's like I will forgive a lot of things, but I guess where I'm at with it is he saw some cracks there for sure but he's a human person and boy wanted to shoot his shot and honestly like it would be one thing if it was like a deeply established relationship like for sure like they were dating and they had told him and he knew and they had told other people and it was like he was up in their home wrecking but it's definitely more of a situation where it's like like We wouldn't be mad at someone for, like, going on multiple Tinder dates, right? Like, even if they liked one clearly more than the other, but, like, maybe it, like, you found out that their dad sold rebar on the side or something. (laughs) Say, for example. (laughs) For example. And, like, you were kind of questioning if maybe it was a good idea. And so, like, you went on another Tinder date, and that person maybe, like, knew you had been on a couple of more serious tinder dates with the other guy but like boy wants to shoot his shot and i guess i just can't like fault him for that even if it was kind of him knowing that it was a little bit shady at the same time like i don't know maybe i'm i'm defending him really hard i i do know i'm defending him really hard and maybe it's because i love him that's... And I wouldn't mind if she loved him. <laughs> That's why you're a good devil's advocate, though. Because I really like Juwan, but I don't think I love him. I definitely love Gongdu, so yeah, I side I with him on everything. <laughs> so I'm like, get up out of here, homewrecker. Juwan, she already picked one in her mind, so you cannot come in here. And that's unfair. That's unfair to Juwan. Nothing's been established. He It definitely is his last chance to get her. Yeah. So I guess take it. I also felt a lot of, I mean, obviously just constantly sadness for all of the characters, but you see a lot more cracks in Juwan this time, or these the second set of four the episodes five through eight you see because last time on play on k he had been set up as the world's most perfect man and this time on play on k we're realizing that he doesn't clean out his fridge relatable (laughs) oh no (laughs) um it reminds me of a story that we can jump into in a minute um 
it's kind of a personal, uh, ridiculous story, but, uh, yeah, he, and he's also like struggling, you know, like he's really sad and he's cripplingly lonely to the extent that he goes to his ex-girlfriend who clearly destroyed him during their relationship just so that he can feel a little bit less alone. And even she turns him down. And then, and then, to top it all off, the girl that he is interested in shows up the next day and takes care of him. Not the and, time, Minsu. Yeah, I don't think she was leading him on. I don't believe in that, you no, know? I that's not her fault. Yeah, but at the same time, I can see how that would be really hard to process. They wrote that really interestingly. Where I think a lot of dramas would have taken the cheap shot of she shows up at just the wrong time when he's at his most vulnerable and she's just being a nice coworker and bringing him some porridge to help him feel better. And he takes it completely the wrong way and starts getting obsessed with her. And they didn't. They didn't do that. I thought that was really, really interesting. They didn't play up the drama. Mm-mm. She just helps him out a little bit, and then she takes her leave. Yeah, he's definitely more interested in her, I think, because of that. But it wasn't the classic, he, I don't know, pins her against the wall and tries to kiss her drama scene. How awful would that have been? Real yikes. They would have really (laughs) ruined his character. I was thinking they were going to do something where his character is not... um, squeaky clean no i i think they were gonna keep his character squeaky clean they were not gonna make him do the creepy sexual harassment tropes but they were gonna somehow make him clearly more interested in her where they went totally the opposite he's like come on in i'll be in my bedroom good night yeah oh poor guy yeah they went definitely hard on the Juwon is dying, just so everybody knows. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, they've given they've given him kind of a rough turn. And it's he's really doing his best. Um, on the topic of food. Oh yeah, so what was your food story? What is your sad fridge story? <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, um uh today I was on my lunch break, I went with a couple of my coworkers to pick up a keg for the office. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really interesting place to work. Um, so we went to get the keg, and we all pile into one of my friend's cars. And um, it's, <laughs> I'm in the front passenger seat. My friend is driving, and then our two coworkers... Um, are they hop in the back seat and I'm like, oh, can you hand me that scarf? That's mine. I left it in here the other day. And then I was like, what's on it? And it was mold, which was horrifying. On Beneath the scarf was a little rotten pumpkin. Oh, no. <laughs> we had gotten back in October at the pumpkin patch. Did you just have to throw the whole scarf away? 
Um, no, it, there's just a little bit on there. He's going to oh put it God. in the wash for me. Oh. But <laughs> it was horrifying. There was like three new different species living. Hey. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Reminds me of Juwan's uh, fridge. <laughs> just everything you can imagine. Oh, what a, what a nightmare. Did it yeah. smell? Um, no, surprisingly, no. Okay. Which, <laughs> pumpkin story part two, I had also bought a small pumpkin at the pumpkin This pad. is a different pumpkin than the one you <laughs> told me about earlier? Yeah. I just assumed and that I had mixed up the cars. I had put, uh, yeah, I had put the pumpkin in, in my car, and it had fallen beneath the passenger seat. <laughs> And I could smell it. You're not allowed to have any more mini pumpkins. <laughs> exactly what he said. He was like, <laughs> never buying any pumpkins ever again. No one gets any pumpkins. No one gets any pumpkins. There was one in your car that <laughs> actually did smell. It had rotted so much. And one in your friend's car that the stench was covered by your nice scarf. Yeah. My so the one in my car was not nearly as rotten, but it smelled a lot worse. Delightful. I love yeah. that fact. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thanks for listening, listeners. I'm a mess. There's actually so many more questions that I can imagine someone would have regarding these fascinating tales. The keg, for starters. The pumpkins. <laughs> There's so much to go into. It's a um, lot to unpack. It's if you have any questions unpack. about any of that, please email us. Plankpodcast at gmail.com. Just hit us up. <laughs> Raquel will answer any and all questions regarding the mini pumpkin tales. You may. Um, There's a lot to unpack, just like Juwan's house which has many boxes, all of which seem to be full. <laughs> I don't know. It's that thing that it's hard to imagine how other people live. So some part of me is like, is that real? Do people actually do that? And some part of me is like, probably, I guess. He seems pretty messed up. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't know. His entire sad lifestyle is distressingly relatable for me, so <laughs> I won't cast any stones at that glass house because the glass walls on my house are paper thin. Do you also have unpacked boxes? Yeah, and I'm moving in the next few weeks, and in a way I'm relieved that I have to pack fewer boxes, and in another way, it's amazing that I've lived here for over, like, almost two years, and... There are still boxes that I never unpacked from when I got here. Yeah, it seems like you should just chuck them. Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't need the things in them, clearly. I'm not wrong, but I'm not one to judge. I have an entire storage unit waiting for me back home. Yet, Juwan really got the short stick these past four episodes. Everyone else is kind of on the up and up. Mm -hmm. You know who had a real turnaround? Besides everyone. Um, Director <laughs> Jong. Yeah. No, that's not how I was going to say. He's number two. He did it. He's 
He's got a really interesting storyline. I do want to talk about him. The most interesting one, the number one, the winner of the turnaround competition is Wu Jin. She was an evil ex-girlfriend who had nothing going for her in the first four episodes except being an evil ex-girlfriend with power suits. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Great style, cute little face. I can't stop looking at her. But now mm -hmm. she's a real person, too. She's what? like a person with, like, pretty decent motivations. Good intentions? What? What? She has a crush on a guy, and she's going to use that crush to take care of him behind the scenes, not just be mean to him. Like, she definitely has a moment where she says, stop liking Moonsu, but then she says, because it makes you look pathetic, because she likes another man, not because I like you. And you're not allowed to like anyone else, which is where I thought that sentence was going to go. Yep. But no, she actually had a pretty good reason, and she leveled with him pretty honestly, so... Wujin. Kudos. Okay. Hey, hi. Welcome to Play on K. We are big fans of you now. Yeah. Uh, ready to see more? Interested? Interested. I'm a hot lead here. Also, the dynamic between her and her brother just gets more and more interesting. There's that little bit of, like, helping each other, supporting each other, but also definitely calling each other out and poking the bear a little mm -hmm. bit. Siblings, am I right? Am I right? I mean, he definitely needs to be called out, so... Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know, my siblings are kind of perfect... They never have to call him out. They're never subtly evil. Yeah, I just don't know what good it would do if I called my sibling out. Yeah. I don't think he needs it necessarily. Uh, sometimes he does. He does all right, though. Yeah, he does all right. He's a good guy. He's not subtly evil. Yeah, not, not in the slightest. So it's really cool, her and Director Zhang's relationship. Director Zhang, second biggest turnaround. He's... Wow, he's got a storyline that I'm really interested to watch, and I did not expect to be really interested to watch. Right? Um, I do, I will say, I admittedly still get a little bit bummed when, when it's his turn on the screen. Yes. Just because I like pretty much every other character more than him. But that said, they are making him progressively more interesting. Without making him better? Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing about him and Wujin and everybody else. They seem to have created these characters that are so well thought through that they're not changing as the story progresses, necessarily. You're just getting to know more about them, so you mm -hmm. understand them more, and as you, as you see their motivations, you are more compassionate towards them. Yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah, the I was a big fan of watching the grandma's storyline because she doles out wisdom in the crankiest, most perfect possible way. <laughs> She's so cute. She's so angry. There's a scene. I just want to be old enough to get two young people together and be like, oh, you already know each other? Then get out of my house. You guys should go home holding hands. Hold hands. <laughs> go together. Can't I believe know. I wasted my time trying to put put this together when obviously it was already working out. Hold hands. Hold hands. Make sure 
to go home together. Bye. <laughs> Bye, lovebirds. Like, oh, how I'm gonna go awkward lay down. would that be if you were not 80 years old? Yeah. Maybe I'll try and pull it off as a 26-year-old human <laughs> and see what happens. Start trying to ship people. Yeah, well, the biggest problem with that is that I don't believe in shipping real people. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's why I can't watch, what's it called, Tokyo House. Oh, Terrace House? Terrace House. Oh, except I actually do sometimes you do that. You love Terrace House. It's so hard. It's a love-hate thing. I think the biggest thing is I ship people up until the point where I, I don't know. If they clearly don't like each other, then I'm like, oh, never mind. That's never mind. fair. You ship people until they don't ship themselves. Yeah. Where but I like, feel like on Terrace House, the whole premise is they're trying to find someone to date. Yeah. It just makes me so uncomfortable. The first couple episodes, I need to just skip because they're always introducing themselves and they're like, so who in the house do you like? And I'm like, oh, those are your roommates. Just chill out for like a night, y'all. <laughs> You guys met 15 minutes ago. You don't have to choose your favorite, okay? Yeah. I still love yeah. Terrace House. Oh. It's so Anyways, good. <laughs> try not to ship real people, and also we have no powers. Yep. Nobody listens to us. No, and I do feel like I don't get a very good read on people, like, I think one time I tried to say, like, oh, so-and-so at work would probably, like, really like dating so-and-so. Like, they would be a really cute couple. And another of my coworkers, and I don't know if she knows something I don't about those two people. Like, maybe one of them's already in a relationship. I'm pretty sure they're both single. Uh, but I was mostly, like, just doing it, like, on the fly. Like, oh, they have a lot of interests in common that I yeah. can think of. They're both, like, really into hiking. Da, 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 da. And then she, like, my friend at work was like, stop it. And it was like, <gasps> oh, but you just did it to two other people at work. Wow. So I don't know. Maybe she knows something I don't know. But Yeah, I was maybe like, she was okay. being a friend. Yeah, so I think maybe I just have, like, a really bad read on people. So <laughs> I would never try and set them up. But I don't know. Maybe that means you have a okay read on people because there's a chance that they got together at some point and it just yeah. didn't work out yeah oh maybe that's it maybe they dated in the past yeah maybe they were a thing it is a good ship they did get together but yep. now they're broken up so it would be very uncomfortable if you tried to ship them again <laughs> i don't know that's my theory um we'll go with it that's we need the wisdom of grandma's to be able to ship people properly. So we will wait. We'll wait. Can't wait. I just I can't. love it. <laughs> I feel like by the time I'm that age, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I I don't know. Watching my grandma, I know I'll be crazy. I'm just excited to see what kind of crazy. What flavor. flavor. Raquel knows my grandma's crazy. Emily's grandma is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Okay, Raquel. so you can edit this story out. Because I'm just full of them today. I'm just sidetrack McGee right now. <laughs> um, the first time I ever met Emily's grandma was at Emily's graduation. Uh, the family did like a little dinner. It was super nice. We were hanging out with Emily's family, her, her two siblings, her parents, and her future husband. At the time, clearly not married. It was her high school graduation. <laughs> um, and... Uh, 
her grandparents came over and her grandma made I don't even remember the exact joke or I'd share it because it was I remember it was very funny but it was like a pretty blue joke like it it was like I'm pretty sure sexual in nature or something about jumping on the bed with people and Emily's little brother who was probably 15 or 16 at the time turns beat red and just starts laughing I've never seen him lose his composure like that he's a stoic dude (laughs) and it was the best moment that's my Emily's grandma story yeah that's her that's her vibe she's definitely always ready to bring it with the sexual innuendos (laughs) it's probably funny when you're not related to her (laughs) it is i can assure you it's the best yeah so we'll see i don't know now my mom's a medium so like going down the list of getting crazy with age who knows what i'm gonna get (laughs) it's a shot in the dark i'm so excited if you become tap into your psychic powers Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. any point you have to let me know okay also if you could just like tell me about my past lives or whatever i'd be totally down to listen i'll focus my energy on that i don't know (laughs) if you can manifest superpowers but if i can i will focus all my psychic energy on trying to read people's past lives thank you yeah you're welcome that's for you I'm interested to know more. Yeah. I just want Peter to know that we're teasing. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but also... Yeah. (laughs) These are like gentle teases. Um, These are gentle teases. I don't want to think about mythical... Mystical? Not mythical. (laughs) Mystical things. I don't think too hard about them. Either reality as we know it is incomplete and there is magic in the world, or... There are lots of crazy people in the world. I believe both have an equal chance of being true, and I'm not here to decide which. So if you're a psychic, go for it. If you believe psychics are nuts, go for it. I don't. I'm not here to judge. Live your lives. Yep. I'm there. I'm there. But I'm not going to go into training, okay? I don't have time. (laughs) I have a podcast, a very successful podcast. Yeah. What's up? Can we talk about the progression in their relationship, this good, good slow burn? Yeah, it's a good, good slow burn. It's one of the best slow burns I've ever seen. It has the feelings, I don't know, the really subtle aspects of a relationship that give me, I don't know, high school vibes, as if we're watching two high schoolers fall in love, which you would think would be very frustrating or uncomfortable since they're so much older. They're like 26, so I say so much older. They're 10 years past their high school days, but there's so much focus on just like a handhold or looking at each other. Or that very soft kiss when they were drunk. very soft kiss. But for some reason, I'm so into it. I feel every emotion of falling in love for the first time. They sell it. They play it up so well. And I adore everything about them falling in love. It's so slow. It's so tiny. But every incremental little step they take 
I love it. I'm into it. They have a very, very sweet relationship, and I definitely ship it. Like, I know that I've been talking a lot about um, Juwon, but mm-hmm. also I do, I love this main pairing as well, and my heart breaks whenever anyone criticizes uh, Gongwu. What was happening? Gongdu. Gong yeah. yeah. These time. two freaking parents had to have the classic trope of parents pick who you're with, you don't pick who you're with. And I was like, cool. I'm glad that Minsu is not, I don't know, childish enough to fall for that crap. Because that's a stupid trope. Let's stop getting parents involved in our dating lives, okay, 26-year-olds? Word. Also, parents, when will you learn that no 26-year-old wants to be told who to date? It's a fast track to ending Losing any... It. Yeah. Losing your relationship with your child. Being like, I don't know. They did it in such fair ways, I think, where, I mean, the father was like, don't pursue my daughter. Get out of here. He didn't tell his daughter not to pursue him. So I don't think he was really, eh. He's he's walking the line, but he might not lose his relationship with Minsu. Whereas the mom... Was like, there's two guys who seem interested in you. I pick this one. She wasn't necessarily like, you told me you're dating Gongdu, and I'm telling you I don't like him. Yeah. But either way, yeah, the relationship with Gongdu and Minsu is so cute. I'm so happy for them, and I'm so, so sad for them all the time. All the time. That speech that Minsu had with Wanjin about how she finally feels comfortable enough to open up about her trauma when she's around Gangdu. Guys, that's that's soulmate material. That's it. That's all I needed to hear to be like, okay, well, I ship it. We found the one. Yep. Soulmates. Faded lovers. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Also, Wanjin's storyline, okay? (sighs) Tell me more. Raquel didn't watch the show. You guys. So. So, she got some haters online about her latest episode. One of them she filed a police report against. They found the guy. He left a really cruel comment saying he was going to leave her in a wheelchair, and she had the coolest line in the whole show. Oh, I'm sorry, what to do? I'm already in a wheelchair without your help. Oh. Dang, Wanjin! Dang! Just roll up in that precinct like you own the place. Yes! And set him on fire! Set him on fire, but then he stalks her house. That seems dangerous. Yeah. And we get half a scene where he goes, just let me work for you, and we're kind of figuring out what's going on. But before we do, it's cut away to the main storyline. Then, next thing we know, it's Moonsu being called in as backup. Homeboy's still there. They're pulling on a bag. We don't we don't know what's going on. Why is he there? Then Moonsu says, Maybe you should be his assistant. He's really good at drawing. They hang out together. Then they're at the hospital, he's being really sweet to her. Is anyone else keeping up? Like there's so much that we just have to fill in. Yeah, it's spiraling out of control, and I love it. Like, okay, hate what he said, 
really hoping that this could be a good relationship for her. She deserves it. I don't know. I don't know. He's super cute. No, agreed. I'm... (sighs) It's hard because I'm here for a face. And, like, he's got the face. (laughs) But I also know... I think it's okay this time. Because I know that my girl Wanjin is also here for a face. She's also here for a face, and she's not going to take his shit if he tries to dull it out. Yeah. So, I ship it. But I'm so concerned as well. There's... We're going so fast, guys. We're moving very quickly. Could someone keep an eye on this for us? Like anyone, Moonsu's pretty busy. Moonsu's busy. Gangdu has a lot on his plate right now. Uh, maybe the doctor? Doctor sister? Ooh, yeah. She could keep an eye on it. Be like buddies, kind of. Just make sure everything's good. Nothing's bad. I'm just here to check things out. He seems to take really good care of you. But also... Blink twice if you need help. Blink twice if you need help. Like, we did not address the fact that he was stalking around outside your house. We also did not address the fact that he actually said one of the most terrible things that another person could say to a human being. There's a lot that happened with this guy, and now he's in the show. And we like him? And we like him? Because he's handsome? I am clearly also here for a face. Bummer. Wanjin, you gotta watch your own back, okay, hon? Yeah, you got this. Kick his ass. (laughs) That rooftop scene, though, when we had five good friends hanging out, chilling, that was good, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it didn't last super, super long, because Gongdu was having a hard time. That's a real bummer. And then we got most of a hug, and then Wanjin fell out of her chair. Guys... Can we just let Sue finish a hug? Together. She's such a bad hugger. She had two hugs in this episode, in these four episodes, and she did them both bad. Mm-hmm. If she could just go ahead and maybe third time's the charm, she can get that third hug in, and we can all finally feel fulfilled, except currently they're fighting. <laughs> so here's the thing with the show... I honestly don't know what anyone else knows. Like, I can't remember. Because no one makes a big deal about learning facts about other people in this show. Like, for example, I could not remember if he knew about her sister or not until she told him. And then he was like, I know. And I was like, I could, I didn't know if you knew or not. And that's I fair. think you might have. Because everyone finds out from that, like, list that's just, like, jumping around the office. Yeah. <laughs> just like keep flipping through the list of people that that were uh killed or injured in the collapse in the building collapse but it's just on everyone's desk and they all yeah and they all have little revelations and then no one says anything about it or makes a big deal and i'm pretty sure that people know but then i'm like i'm not sure that we knew that he knew that her sister died I think that was a bit of a revelation for us as audience members. Yeah. But and then, then, then it, yeah, it's much more exciting when she finds out that his dad died, but she knows nothing about him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Wow. I can't remember if she knows. So she knows that he was in the building collapse. I don't think so. 
Okay. I think I that's that going to be the big reveal. I thought she asked if he had been there after he destroyed the... She did. Memorial. And he avoided the question. Dang. Yeah. So we're waiting for that big reveal. He only wants to tell her that he was in the building collapse once he finds out that she was in the building collapse. So he said, code word, Bulldog Mansion. And she said, code word not received. So I think we're still (laughs) waiting. That's my understanding. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. And Juwan knows everything, I guess. Juwan knows everything about everyone. He has the list of the survivors, which seems to be a much less publicized list, probably for the best. Mm-hmm. We find out that Lee Gong Du was trapped for a full week. <gasps> Buddy, yeah, dang. Buddy, that's rough. I think that's one of the... There are so many scenes that stuck with me. I think I started saying that I started watching this back in November, and I loved it so much that I knew we had to watch it for the podcast. I know the scene where Wan Jin goes into the police station and confronts the internet hater, that one stuck with me. And I know the scene where Ju Wan is reading the list of the victims, and you find out that Lee Gong Du was stuck for an entire week has stuck <laughs> with me. Those things, never they're going to be with me forever. That realization that this 15-year-old was there for a whole seven days. He was the final survivor found. And it's because however, wherever, whenever um, Moonsu was found, she later hit her head and couldn't remember his location or that he existed. And he was alone for it. An additional who knows how many days. Four. Four after she was found. Heartbreaking. With rebar stuck through his knee. Mm. What what an emotional thing. So, yeah, we're still waiting for that to be talked about. Only Juwan holds all the cards. And maybe his siblings, uh, the, the Jong siblings, seem to be finding out more and more constantly but as you said it's they make a big fuss about finding things out especially stuff about Lee Gong Du and they're like fire him and then they find out another fact right after quick succession and they're like wait don't fire him yet I want to know more (laughs) he's fascinating to them he's fascinating so (laughs) they seem to know a lot about him but also they're getting new facts all the time They're just going to keep them around until they know all the facts. Yep. I mean, they like to be educated on the people they hate the most. What if you can use it against them? Keep your enemies closer. That's their family crest. Family motto? Probably a crest is a picture. (laughs) I know that. Uh, There's so much that happens that we could talk about. Um, But we don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Get out of here. <laughs> I took way too much time talking about personal anecdotes. Sorry about it. You can edit it. one of those out and they would probably s- this episode would still be long enough. <laughs> I liked them all, so I'm going to keep them in. Nice. Just so that we- maybe we can reference things about our lives in the future and people will know what we're talking about. 
I have a little bit of background. Like Raquel never buys small pumpkins at pumpkin patches. We're going to talk about that next Halloween, and people will know exactly why Raquel is not allowed (laughs) to buy small pumpkins. They won't question it. Our listeners will know. And when Emily doesn't talk about her grandma, we'll also know why. (laughs) It's fine. I talk to my grandma every single day. Don't worry, guys. I just don't talk about her. (laughs) It's cool. It's cool. If you wanted to talk to us about this K-drama some more, if you wanted to dig deeper into more of the drama stuff that happened, because we kept on skimming over stuff for personal stories, uh, you can actually email us at, or if you have any questions about uh, the pumpkin keg story, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can give us a short hey on Twitter. We are at playonk. And there you can tell us that you listen to the show that you like the show or give us give us any tiny pumpkin questions yes we're on itunes you can rate review and subscribe there and we would love it it would help get us on the on the records on the up and up on the charts yeah if you give us five stars and a little review we will of course say your name and say thank you thank you on the podcast Yes. Finally, we have a website, playonk.com, where you can find all of our past episodes as well as sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new drama. And now, you can also find the link to our Patreon on there. Ooh, ooh. And you know who found the link? We have three patrons that we need to give a shout out. Yes, we we can't thank you enough. Can't thank you you enough. But thank you. We will start with a thank you. We'll start with a thank you. Um, uh, it's huge, massive 1,000 thank yous to John, Jason, and Josh. All J names. We're yeah. only allowed to have J named patrons. So Jessica's come at us. Jamie's. Jake's. Uh, Jeremiah's. Megan, get out of here. <laughs> Just kidding, I love you, Megan. Just kidding, get back here, Megan. Come on. (laughs) Anyone that doesn't have a J name, you are also welcome to join the Patreon. We would love to see you there, and we would love to have you join us on our little patron-only Discord where we talk behind the scenes and all the dramas that didn't make it to the podcast and all other things drama-related that we love. So please, whether you have a J name or not, join us on patreon.com slash playonk. Honestly, these people are just getting in on the ground level to become our favorite people in the world because I like, as far as I'm concerned, y'all are family now. Y'all are family. I mean, Jason is definitely my husband. Yeah. So yeah, Jason, parting the curtain a little bit, one of our subscribers is Emily's husband, Jason, and my best friend who I have known since I was five years old. We grew up. Yep. That's our, that's one of our subscribers. That's Jason. But yeah, John and Josh are are here. John and Josh are our new best friends. Yeah. Honestly, y'all are actually like, I'm obsessed with you, but like in a normal way, but like. But, like, we're definitely already planning a trip to see you guys. But, like, go ahead and keep writing us because we're going to keep responding because we just love to talk about or talk to you about K-dramas. And uh, I've just I've enthused so much. I know I have. But, like, we can't thank you enough. Thank you. 
Thank you, as always, to James Paul Hevel for our theme song. James! Another J name! Oh my god! We love it and we love you, James. Are we being punked? <laughs> There's a camera there, there, there. There's actually a camera right here. Oh, um, if y'all subscribe to our Patreon in the next week after this episode goes up, I will personally send you a video of Maurice trying to get comfy on my messy bed. That's what he did. For about 10 minutes in the middle of this episode. Yeah, it definitely got edited out because it was just me and Emily silently laughing while he spun around in circles. But you can absolutely, you can see my trash bedroom if only to uh, see my cute dog. So yeah, subscribe. If you subscribe in the next week, I will send, if we can, if we reach, if we reach five subscribers five more on whatever we have when this episode goes live i will send every single one of our patreon subscribers the cutest video in the world of my dog in my messy bedroom this is so exciting yeah and we'll see you next week for the next four episodes of just between lovers k bye k bye